It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Well, it's what we've always expected, and now it's pretty much official. Dennis Allen will be back as the New Orleans Saints head coach in 2024. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints. You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked on Saints, your daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, credentialed media member covering your New Orleans Saints as a senior writer and reporter over at Saints News Network. And on today's episode of Locked on Saints, we're going to be taking a look at Kai Harley, the New Orleans Saints cap guru, getting some GM interests from across the division with the Carolina Panthers, what that could mean for the New Orleans Saints. John Gruden and the New Orleans Saints reportedly have some mutual interest in adding him to the staff. What could that look like? And what does that mean for the New Orleans Saints? Maybe an even bigger question there. We're going to kick it all off with the big news that we got today in Dennis Allen's end-of-year press conference saying that he expects to be back as the New Orleans Saints head coach in 2024, which is no surprise, really, but... What are some of the things that are going to need to happen around him to ensure success in 2024 and what will effectively be his last shot? Appreciate you, as always, for being an everydayer here on the Locked On Saints podcast, for making us your first listen of the day every day. Today's episode brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easy and most fun way to play daily fantasy sports. Make sure you go check them out today, prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. And uh, use the promo code in all lowercase locked in NFL as well for a first deposit match up to $100. So Dennis Allen tells us today in his end of season press conference that he expects to be back as the New Orleans Saints head coach in 2024. While he hadn't at that time already met with Mickey Loomis, the expectation is that he will in the couple days or in the next couple of days, uh, the general manager, of course, being Mickey Loomis to kind of go over some of the adjustments, feedback, things like that that need to happen going into 2024. but. The expectation, as we've been saying here for weeks and weeks and weeks, is that Dennis Allen will get a third year as a New Orleans Saints head coach, second year with his quarterback in Derek Carr. So what is it that the New Orleans Saints need to get done around Dennis Allen in order to make sure that they're successful in 2024? Because let's be clear, with Dennis Allen back, there are a lot of things to adjust to fix all of these other pieces. So I want to start off right at the very top with Dennis Allen himself. And one of the things that he shared with us, actually, I'm going to go over two things that he shared with us. But one of the things that he shared with us was sort of this desire for a culture change. Now, that's always been kind of interesting to me, especially since the all the way back since the the PFT um, uh, info came out saying that the Saints feel like they can find success by upgrading different parts of the roster and looking for that sort of culture change and all these other things, because it's so interesting to me that Dennis Allen was appointed the role of head coach because they wanted continuity and they wanted to preserve their culture. Now, all of a sudden, they're looking to change that culture. So what is it about the culture 
that all of a sudden doesn't work that they now need to pivot against? Or how has the culture changed, which would then mark a failure to maintain the original culture so much that they now need to go through sort of a change culturally? So it's an interesting question and one that begs sort of several different responses. How did we get here? What do the New Orleans Saints need to do next? And what exactly is the culture change that they want? So let's start with how did they get here? Well, first of all, losing breeds uh, a lot of contempt, right? So that's got to be a big part of it, right? This Saints team has missed the playoffs in each of the last three years. They were 7-10 and 10 last year, a losing record, well underperforming expectations. They're 9-8 and eight this year, a winning record, but still underperforming expectations and we're still at the point where they needed to sit back and wait for two other teams in the NFC to win in order for them to potentially have a playoff spot or wait for the Carolina Panthers or hope that by the time that their game was done that the Carolina Panthers had already knocked off the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for them to be able to win their division. None of those things happen. So is a part of the culture now being impacted by effectively not winning, right? And certainly not winning to the extent that was expected for this team in 2023. The other thing that's really interesting to look at is how, not, not just how they got here, but what exactly is the chain, what exactly is the culture right now, and what is it that needs to change? Is there a, a, an over sort of arching sort of prevailing culture that needs to change? Or are there just individual players or people or personnel or staff or whomever that aren't necessarily buying into the culture that need to be changed. And I think it's a little bit more of the latter. I think when we talk about a culture change, it becomes codified language in a way that can become really sort of spotty and and, and dangerous because it gives you the opportunity to misrepresent a whole bunch of things, misspeculate on a bunch of things and stuff like that. Whereas if you're looking at some of the messaging that we've been receiving here recently, paying attention to the narratives and the way that they've been changing, this is a New Orleans Saints team that wants a quote-unquote culture change and that at the same time looks to be on the outs with Michael Thomas. There's rumors about a division between Dennis Allen and Marshawn Lattimore, whose contract just got redone in such a way that would allow the team to carry him past June 1st in order to potentially trade him and defer salary cap space down the road, right? Is there something in line or in lockstep between those happenings and now this newly sort of formed narrative about wanting this change of culture in New Orleans that are actually relative to one another? Are there people that aren't sort of accepting the marching orders? And because of that, they become the change in the culture. I mean, you look at that and you juxtapose that to Derek Carr, who is relentlessly positive, Tyron Matthew, who has shown relentless positivity. You look at some of the attitudes of the players that were added this offseason, Max Garcia, Jamal Williams, uh, Cameron Irving, all very positive people, all who have a very positive outlook on the way that the team goes. I talked to several players that are who have their contracts ending this year. They were brought in on one-year deals in 2023 and things like that. I talked to several of them across the locker room on Sunday and on Monday, and every single one of them told me that they hope to be back in New Orleans in 2024. So there's some piece of the culture that's working, which means that there's already something there. So is the culture change really all around trying to actually ward off an oncoming culture change? Gives you a lot to think about if you consider the idea that there might be a division between where the roster is and where the coaching staff is. Maybe it's not that that division is fully fractured, but that there is a division within the locker room across some players and other players that that are going to lead to that quote-unquote culture shift. So how do you avoid that? 
you make those decisions that are tough to make around those players that could potentially breed that level of contempt. So could be very interesting. Could be could just be me speculating dangerously. Like I said, when you have something like a big umbrella concept like culture in the NFL, it's easy for that to get dangerous. It's easy for that to be misconstrued. But maybe what we're talking about here isn't an overarching culture. And instead, it's threats to what culture they're trying to hang on to. And is it a good choice to hang on to that culture? Is what they're trying to preserve or change to the right choice? Or is what already existed or the change that has been forthcoming the right choice? That we'll have to wait to find out. The other thing that I thought was really interesting when it came to Dennis Allen is uh, aggression, right? Dennis Allen was labeled as a conservative head coach going into the 2023 season, and rightfully so. You look at the opportunities that he had last year in opposing territory where he chose to punt, not going for it as aggressively on fourth downs, not going for it going for two as aggressively as we've seen the NFL start to trend, things like that. This year, we saw a big change in that. And one of the times where he didn't make that change, he actually addressed it in his end of year post uh, or, or press conference where he said that against Green Bay, one of the things that he would have done differently if he could do that all over again is kick the field goal in Green Bay territory as opposed to punting in Green Bay territory that led to a long scoring drive for the Green Bay Packers and then started the entire sort of um, come from behind victory for Green Bay. So that's another thing that I think you'll look at for an individual perspective change or an individual tweak that you're looking for from Dennis Allen is to continue the aggression foot on the gas, not letting up late, things like that. Also things that he addressed and instead finding a killer instinct and being able to stick with it. That would be a big time step forward for the New Orleans Saints, especially over on the offensive side. And speaking of the offensive side, that of course is another big place to continue to change things around in a salon to try to ensure success in 2024 because the New Orleans Saints do still need to make changes on their offensive staff, whether it's at offensive coordinator, around the offensive system, on the offensive line, or all of the above. And we got a little bit of a glimpse on how the New Orleans Saints might try to do that, although I'm not sure it's really the greatest way to go about it. We're going to hit that next as we take a look at John Gruden and the potential for a union between he and the New Orleans Saints in 2024. We got that coming up for you as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, America's number one sports book, with the NFL draft already right around the corner. There's already odds up when it comes to the NFL draft as well. Number one overall selection, your top three candidates, quarterback out of USC, and Caleb Williams, quarterback out of University of North Carolina, Drake May, and Ohio statewide receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr. Caleb Williams, the easy favorite at 650, minus 650. And right now, if you are a first-time user of FanDuel, here's a great way to easily win 150 bucks right off the bat, because you're going to get $150 in bonus bets by simply placing, guaranteed, a $5 bet. That's it, 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. You could try it on that Caleb Williams run, and you might end up winning some money in that favorite anyway, along with your $150 in bonus bets. So go check them out today over at FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, family, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints, New Orleans Saints, and former Raiders head coach John Gruden apparently have mutual interest as an addition to the offensive staff, and we're here to discuss whether or not that is a good decision or a bad decision by the New Orleans Saints and how they could most effectively go about it if this is the route that they choose. I appreciate you very much for being an everydayer here on the Locked on Saints podcast. Don't forget to go and check out that Locked on Sports Today 24-7 national sports stream on YouTube, the first of its kind on YouTube. So go and subscribe to Locked on Sports Today today and be a part of history. Listen, I've been very vocal about my thoughts when it comes to John Gruden potentially landing a spot with this New Orleans Saints staff. He was seen as a uh, non-paid observer with the New Orleans Saints earlier on in the offseason, visited with the team while the team was in Tampa just a couple of weeks ago, according to reports, including uh, Jeff Duncan over at NOLA.com, Mike Triplett over at NewOrleans.Football. And now we've kind of gotten to the point where the New Orleans Saints are getting into the offseason evaluation process. And so a lot of lines are being drawn and sources are saying that the Saints and John Gruden have mutual interest on adding him to the staff. Now, I want to be clear, this would mean bringing him in as an additional member of the staff as opposed to replacing someone on staff, which would mean that it doesn't mean that Bray would bring him in as offensive coordinator like a lot of people have assumed over the course of uh, this time. You might you might remember I was visiting with the homies over at the uh, Saints Twitter block party or Saints block party and uh, podcast before the season started. And we talked about this very uh, possibility that the Saints would bring John Gruden on after the 2023 season going into 2024 despite the fact that he's like suing the NFL and all these other things, just 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 to draw the parallel, Brian Flores, uh, the defensive coordinator over in Minnesota, was actively suing the NFL when he got his gig. But his gig was a linebacker coach position for the Pittsburgh Steelers and then had to move up to defensive coordinator. So for the John Gruden version of this, it's like an offensive assistant, senior offensive assistant, and then eventually offensive coordinator kind of down the road. It's kind of reminiscent of what the New Orleans Saints did with Derek Carr back in 20, excuse me, uh, Dennis Allen back in 2015, isn't it? Rob Ryan, the defensive coordinator, struggled historically in 2014. The Saints brought in Dennis Allen in 2015 as a senior defensive assistant, and then 10 months later, replaced Rob Ryan with Dennis Allen. Could we see the New Orleans Saints go the same route with John Gruden? Now, we just had this whole conversation around culture. And of course, now we're having a conversation around John Gruden, who resigned from the Las Vegas Raiders after emails outed him when he was sending out sort of racist, not sort of, he was sending out racist and uh, homophobic incentives or, or uh, not incentive, um, um, let's just say utilizing that type of messaging uh, and, and misogynistic messaging in emails. Not necessarily the draw in terms of culture that I would have made a connection to, but that's just me looking at it, right? And a lot of people would agree with that sentiment. A ton of people would disagree with that sentiment. And a lot of people who agree with that sentiment have been agreeing with that sentiment for decades, far before you listen to me. And a lot of people who disagree with that sentiment have made their minds up decades ago before ever listening to me as well. It's usually sort of a more intrinsic moral compass 
that people either follow or don't follow, where some people's moral compass is different than others and things like that. So I'm just giving you my opinion. But here's the thing, my opinion, it doesn't matter. If this is what the New Orleans Saints want to do, this is what the New Orleans Saints are going to do. And make no mistake about it, everybody's favorite NFL team will take on a little bit of a PR storm, will take on a little bit of, you know, a little bit of questioning and things like that about these types of things if they believe that that's going to help their team win football games. Every and any NFL organization will do it. See Deshaun Watson. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that this has been in his past and all these other things. If this is what an NFL team believes is going to help them win games, that's going to be paramount to all. So how do the New Orleans Saints go about this if they do decide to bring on John Gruden and face a little bit of scrutiny on the way that will probably fade away with the next news cycle within a week or two? Especially if the Saints start to win games, then it fades away very quickly, right? Um, how do the Saints go about it most effectively? Do you keep Pete Carmichael, try to sell people on Pete Carmichael with John Gruden as a senior offensive advisor to help him out? Can you do that? I think you'd have a little bit of trouble doing that, right? I think that's fair to say. It's going to be tough to convince people to buy into this organization again with the struggle that you've seen on the offensive side with Pete Carmichael. And yes, it got better. Over the course of the past five games, six games of the season, I'll say the past couple of weeks of the season, or a few weeks, uh, let me be more fair than that, a few weeks of the season, but I attribute a lot of that more to Derek Carr and the play on the field than the actual offensive system because we saw a lot of the same hiccups, the same mistakes all throughout the year when it came from the play calling perspective, tendencies, and things like that. Things did get better toward the end of the season, though, so I tip my cap to that. But I think it's going to take a lot more than just five games to erase the other, what, 34, so 29 other games that we've seen from this offensive system over the course of the past two seasons. I think that's fair to say. So what route do you go? Maybe this is the setup for Ronald Curry. Now, this could get a little tricky, depending upon how people feel about those emails in John Gruden's past. but. This could be the setup for uh, Ronald Curry to step into an offensive coordinator role, a play calling role, and have the support of a John Gruden from a football perspective, helping to devise on the offensive side. Now, it's going to be a little bit tough having a first-time play caller working with a former head coach. That dynamic's a little tricky, right? There's no doubt about that. But which way do you go with it? And do you allow? John Gruden to be your play caller if you go that route. Or even if you go the keeping Pete Carmichael route, Pete Carmichael is the offensive coordinator, helps to install the offense, architect the offense, all this other stuff with the help of John Gruden. But John Gruden is the game day play caller. We've seen similar setups to that around the NFL where passing game coordinators are play callers or head coaches are play callers where the offensive coordinator isn't necessarily the play caller, but is the play architect, the play designer, and the offensive installer. So there are some ways that the New Orleans Saints can do what it is that they love oh so much, which is maintain their continuity, uh, which I think at this point, it's time to let that go, right? Um, and this would be a version of letting it go without publicly letting it go. Could be interesting. And again, all of the criticism, all of the scrutiny that would come along with it is a storm that the New Orleans Saints and any NFL organization would rather weather if it's going to include winning results 
at the end of that storm. Any NFL organization would do that. So what's my opinion on it? Fair. Doesn't matter. If the New Orleans Saints feel that this would help them win games, it's absolutely the way that they'll go. But how they organize the structure, what it means for Pete Carmichael, what it means for Ronald Curry becomes very, very interesting and something to keep a very close eye on as the New Orleans Saints start to have those conversations over the coming days. Coming up next, let's take a look at Kai Harley, the New Orleans Saints cap guru, getting some love from the Carolina Panthers organization, requested interview for their open general manager spot. What does that mean for the New Orleans Saints? How can they keep them? And what happens if they lose them? We got all that coming up as we continue on and wrap up today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked on Saints is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the easiest and most fun way to play daily fantasy sports. Simply doesn't get any better than Prize Picks. And especially right now with the NBA season underway and the NFL playoffs still ongoing, did you know that you can actually combine bets to make things even more fun? Let me give you an example here. You could go LeBron James and Travis Kelsey, let's say, once the Chiefs are back to play in the playoffs. And you can take a combo of 10 and a half, three points made, and receptions. You pick more or less. Will they combine for more or less than that? And boom, you're off and running. How much fun is that? And now, of course, they also offer their reboot policy, which allows you to reboot different entries if somebody gets injured in the first quarter that you have already made a play on, and but can't return until the second quarter. They are the only. Uh, daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So go and check them out today. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy made easy. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it, Houdat Nation. Wrapping up today's episode of Locked On Saints with a big potential loss that could be on the way for the New Orleans Saints and New Orleans Saints Vice President of Football Operations and Assistant General Manager, Kai Harley. want to say once again, thank you very much for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day every day. Make sure you come back for tomorrow's episode. Thursdays usually crossover Thursday, but with the New Orleans Saints now out of the playoffs. Let's take a look at their draft position, and I still need to give you my full thoughts on the New Orleans Saints getting Jamal Williams that touchdown at the end of the game. We're going to go through all of that in tomorrow's episode on Thursday. Had to bump a little bit of our programming because there was so much big news today with Dennis Allen um, saying that he is expecting to be back as New Orleans Saints head coach in 2024, basically confirming what we've thought for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, the John Gruden rumors that are now circulating around the New Orleans Saints and what that could potentially mean. I hope I did everyone service in terms of trying to like break all break down sort of the complications of all of that and the complexity of all of that, what could be, what couldn't be and everything. It, like it's, it's a landmine of a situation to navigate. But I'm here to step on some landmines for you as long as it makes you, as long as it makes you, gives you the information that you need. Um, and speaking of 
of landmines being stepped on. The New Orleans Saints have had a ticking landmine, an armed landmine for quite a while on their salary cap, and things could get really, really challenging in terms of how they continue to manage and navigate those that le- field of landmines, that minefield, if New Orleans Saints Vice President of Football Operations and Assistant General Manager, and probably what he's most known for, Cap Guru, Kai Harley, ends up getting hired away. And yes, that time is finally here where it feels more like a reality than ever before. Now, Kai Harley has been in the circulation of general manager conversation for years and years and years and years. He was a guy that was effectively off the map. You could find like one, like two photos online of him if you Googled his name for a long time, and one photo was just a cropped version of the other photo is all that it really was. Now he's taken some big steps into notoriety, doing more media availability with this, uh, did the fantastic conversation with us and his uh, his his work with uh, autism awareness and all that. And so I think that like the profile has continued to raise around him, and it's finally gotten him to the point uh, where he's now done two years in a row in the NFL's front office accelerator program, and now has officially been requested for to interview for the Carolina Panthers open general manager uh, position. Now, listen, I can't think of a less tempting job than being the Carolina Panthers general manager of all of the positions that are open this offseason. Having to deal with David Tepper, having to work with blown, you know, draft uh, picks and blown draft, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it, capital and everything all over the place. There's a very dark, bleak future in Carolina in the short term right now, but maybe in the long term, things can get very interesting. But you see an owner over there that has, eh, well, for lack of a better term, or, or not lack of a better term, but, you know, just in all honesty, really, a lack of patience, I think is a fair thing to say by looking at his NFL organization as well as his MLS or soccer or, or football uh, organization, trying to make sure I'm inclusive here for everybody. Um, and so I, I don't know how tempting the Carolina Panthers job is, but I will say this, like any job that Kai Harley gets looked at for, he deserves. The guy deserves to be a general manager. So if that were to happen, what does that mean for the New Orleans Saints? Well, it's not the ticking time bomb that I made it out to be with the landmine and the minefield analogy and stuff like that. Come on, we're here to have fun. I'm here to entertain. Uh, but it's also not as big. A, okay, I'm not going to say it's not as big a deal. Let me say it this way. The New Orleans Saints could manage the salary cap and know how to manipulate the salary cap without Kai Harley, right? Kai Harley learned all those great things and it's not like he's been doing everything behind closed doors and in closed books. Kai Harley has been working with, you know, Michael Parenton and Jeff Ireland and, you know, general manager Mickey Loomis on navigating the salary cap and all those other things. Like everybody sort of knows how this is going and they've already planned things out to five years in advance of how they're going to manage their salary cap and what their dead cap allotment is and all these other things, how to add talent while holding on to that dead cap, yada, 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 yada. It's not like Kai Harley goes away and all of a sudden the New Orleans Saints have no idea how to navigate the salary cap. It doesn't turn into you know, a bomb that needs to be diffused, but then all of a sudden the one person in the room that knew how to diffuse it and that had the Clippers left with the Clippers, right? So like the Saints would be able to continue to manage the salary cap. Would they be okay? I don't know. But would they be able to continue to manage the salary cap? Yes. Uh, but that doesn't diminish at all the value of Kai Harley for this organization. He obviously is the guy when it comes to it. Anytime that you have to go to the other guy to do it, you're going to have a drop-off, right? You go from one quarterback to another quarterback, one wide receiver to another wide receiver, 
one pass rusher to another pass rusher. There's going to be a difference between the guy you appointed to do it first and the guy that you turn to to do it second. There will always be a drop off in terms of that. So I'm not trying to diminish what it means to lose Kai Harley, but does it mean that the New Orleans Saints completely implode from the inside? No, it will be okay. Uh, And Kai Harley, like I said, deserves the opportunity to be a general manager. Now, If the Saints wanted to keep him, actually, I'll come back to that. I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that part. Let me tell you this part too. Um, If, just like what happened with Terry Fontenot a couple years ago, where he became the general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, the Saints got two third round draft picks in that same offseason for that upcoming draft uh, in the comp selection part of that uh, that round, Um, the Saints would get the same thing if Kai Harley ends up getting a general manager job in Carolina or anywhere else as a general manager for that reason. The New Orleans, or not the New Orleans, the NFL back in 2020 uh, created this incentive of two compensatory third round picks being awarded to a team that ends up um, uh, uh, helping a or cultivating and developing minority candidates for executive and head coaching positions. So it would give the New Orleans Saints a pair of third round picks uh, that they can utilize, you know when they get them. And so that could be something that helps this New Orleans Saints roster get a little bit younger, all these other things. But when you really think about it, are two third round picks worth Kai Harley? That's a question that the New Orleans Saints will have to answer. My answer is no. Uh, So for me, what I'm thinking of is how do you get creative if you're the New Orleans Saints and keep Kai Harley in the building? Now, look, He's got to still say yes to the job in, in Carolina. Carolina still has to want to hire him for it. This is merely a request for an interview, right? Which I believe the New Orleans Saints can actually say no to, if I remember correctly. I don't think they will do that. They don't often do that because they want their guys to go out there and get jobs and all this other stuff. And look, having a general manager that your guy trained in Atlanta, having a general manager that your guy worked with in, in Carolina. Yeah, there's there's value to that, right? When you start to do trade talks and, and interesting things like look at um, uh, Quesia Dofamenza in uh, Minneapolis, in Minnesota. He had an exist, he's had an existing relationship with several general managers within the NFC North, and they're doing draft day trades that are fair for both sides of the table. Could you get something going like that here in the NFC South? I don't know, but just something to consider. So anyway, um, the thing that could be really interesting, though, or, or, is what are the lengths that the New Orleans Saints would be willing to go to keep Kai Harley in New Orleans? Is there a potential promotion for Mickey Loomis that still gives him, you know, the, I, you know, the, the, the kind of overarching uh, umbrella of, you know, um, authority when it comes to the team, its direction, all these other things, and then give and then let and then promote Kai Harley up into Mickey Loomis's former position of general manager? Is that a thing that the New Orleans Saints could do? Is that a thing that they'd be willing to do to keep him? If they were, that would speak volumes of the value of Kai Harley to the New Orleans Saints. And there's no doubt that Kai Harley is of value to the New Orleans Saints. Like I said, they wouldn't implode from the inside like some will have you think, but it doesn't mean that he's not important and it doesn't mean that he's not valuable. So it's going to be very interesting to watch this, especially if Carolina does have earnest interest in Kai Harley. And if not this season, then Kai Harley getting his, you know, having his phone ring this year only means that it's going to ring twice, if not three times as much next year. So this is going to be a big one to continue to watch, not just here in 2024's offseason, but 2025 and beyond. What is the future of Kai Harley with the New Orleans Saints or without the New Orleans Saints? We'll have to watch to find out.
All right, y'all, that's going to do it for today. Make sure you come back tomorrow for a fresh episode. Still here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked on Saints, even though the season is over. Don't forget, you can also get more by becoming a Locked on Saints insider by texting Houdat to 504-285-7473. Try it out for 14 days. Stick around if you like it. Dip if you don't. Not a big deal. Just come through, check it out. We'll be doing a bunch of stuff like uh, college prospect film studies. I'll be sending you a bunch of rumors, keeping you up to date on what's real, what's not, all that other stuff as well. So make sure you come through for all of that. Appreciate you as always. Make it Locked On Saints your first listen of the day for your second listen. Locked On Pels, Locked On LSU. They're already waiting for you. Go and check them out. Jake Madison and Caroline Fenton uh, over here with Locked On Louisiana. Appreciate you as always. Make it Locked On Saints a part of your day, part of your routine for saying yes to me and the show. As always, if you see me, please say hi. If you need anything else around your New Orleans Saints in between these episodes, make sure you follow me on your favorite social media at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.